Oh, Glenn. That was a close one. It was really close. Oh, man. Santa was just killing everybody left and right. It's a murder on the Orient <sighs> Express. I, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be like the Coca-Cola Santa, but it was so much worse. Well, it's a good thing you and I got away to this beach here and we're just chilling in the water, eating our mm -hmm. rum ham and just without a care in the world. We've needed this vacation. We've needed it. Do you, do you hear what? something? Yeah, what is that? Sounds like the Jaws theme, but Christmassy? What the hell? The following podcast contains spoilers for Santa Jaws. Glenn's gone. You have been warned. No, no, I want to fish a red under cover and I should do it again with my leg rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, my God. Santa here? I know him. Oh, these cookies. I got to get the recipe from Labs. Put that cookie down now! Yes! This Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Benjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. That's me. You didn't curse this time. I'm so proud I of you. I didn't fucking do it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't mm. do it. Feels good. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My cat... We've had quite a doozy of a week. We did. We spent more time together this week than we have ever in period. a while. In a while, probably since we shot the plea, at least, mm -hmm. if not more. I think so. Yeah, but uh, I know most of the movies you watched. But tell me a little bit about the other movies you watched. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all I watched. It was the <laughs> pretty much all the movies we watched together. Actually, well, there you go. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> um, so we started out this uh, this little week with a Violent Night, which is up on the YouTube's. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, we we may or may not have watched Santa Jaws, which is the movie we will be talking about very, very shortly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we we were this weekend. We were in New Jersey, and of course, you know, there's not terribly too much to do in New Jersey. So we were like, "Hey, yeah. do we just we're just going to go watch a movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do that." And sadly, all the movies you had pretty much watched, and we didn't have. Uh, enough no, time to fresh. go. Yeah, we didn't have enough time to go to a like an independent theater, go see that movie, and then go do what we needed to do. Um, so we yeah. watched Bones and All, which out of three movies uh, was the one I was. I guess they were all kind of even, but it was the most looking forward to. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, we had seen a bunch of the short films that we were up, kind of up against in categories. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. That was really all I watched, yeah. friend. You've got a little bit more of a satisfying I do. Uh, mouthful. I do, yes. Uh, so the first one I watched, uh, watched for, I watched 10 in total. Uh, first was for the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Watched a Ukrainian movie from 1965 called Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors. Uh, it's a pretty, it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet story, but very... Uh, 
artistically done and it's Ukrainian, of course, and it's mm-hmm. not quite the same story where it's not like just they both kill themselves at the end, but it's like a forbidden love thing and, and goes from there. Uh, has a lot of uh, Ukrainian culture in it, like old Ukrainian culture in it, and it's really cool to yeah. see. Uh, wasn't completely my cup of tea, but I still appreciate it for what it is. You can hear my full thoughts uh, in the February episode of Cinema Bucket List. Uh, then I rewatched, because I've been meaning to rewatch it since I watched it the first time, I rewatched the German uh, adaptation, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, which came out this year in October. Probably going to be nominated for best independent or best international film for the Oscars. Will probably mm-hmm. definitely be nominated for things in the Stonies, uh, so I'm told. And then I'm hoping also that it does well enough where it could be nominated best picture for the Oscars as well. But I'm not holding my breath. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think more people should check it out. Uh, after rewatching it, I decided I wanted to read the book, so I bought the book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And when we were in Jersey, we stopped at Barnes and Noble. Uh, we did. Then with my boy, my, my baby, my baby child, uh, I rewatched Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit. Uh, we've been watching a lot of Shaun the Sheep, which is the same studio that does Wallace and Gromit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I own all the Wallace and Gromits on Blu ray, but we were watching it downstairs where we don't have a DVD player. Yeah. And uh, only Curse of the Were Rabbit is streaming currently, so we watched that one. I'm hoping I get to show him, you know, the, the shorts at some point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, love Wallace and Gromit. It's fantastic. Such masterpieces. Yeah, it's one of like two non Disney movies to win uh, best animated feature in the Oscars in the past like 20 years or something. The other one being Rango. Uh, I'm sure that's not like 100% correct, but Disney wins all of them for the mm-hmm. most part. Then we watch Violent Night. We have a review for that on the YouTubes. Let's check that out to hear our thoughts. Then we laid on a hotel bed together and watched Santa Jaws. We did. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. Then uh, at the, the the film festival, we went to uh, Kevin Smith's Smod Castle Film, Fe- film Festival in New Jersey, where my film, Eugene vs. Humanity, our film, we all helped make it, mm-hmm. Eugene vs. Humanity, uh, played there uh, and was nominated for Best Actor for Colin James O'Gorman, our friend. He didn't win, but, you know, Kevin James, oh, Jesus Christ, I did it again. Kevin James Kevin again. Smith, Kevin Smith. It's because Colin's middle name is James. That's the main thing I keep saying. Kevin <laughs> He's Smith, at least said it like if, uh, 10 times at this least weekend. 10 times. It was funny. Kevin Smith said Colin's name, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. But uh, So we watched Eugene vs. Humanity, and then we also watched a short called Discounted Pickles, which was about a zombie rabbit. Then we watched a movie called WDED, Dead in the Morning, uh, which is, was a uh, uh, comedy horror film. I think it was about feature length. Uh, yeah, that it was, was roughly. Made in, in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I you know it's an independent film, so I don't want to talk about my qualms with it. But for the most part, it was enjoyable. It was. Uh, so I'm, I don't want to get too much into it though. But yeah, so if you get a chance to see W D E D Dead in the Morning, take a gander. It's your mm-hmm. uh, and Discounted Pickles as or well. Or Discounted Pickles, yes. Yeah, watch what support independent film. Really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. support me. Give me money. Everybody, Please. give everybody my money. <laughs> no. I mean, I would like it, but you don't have to give me money. Uh, then we watched Bones and All. Rewatch for me. Uh, I'm glad that it was a rewatch for me because I could go to the bathroom and get snacks that I pleased and didn't worry about missing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Then today, me, my boy, my son, oh. my baby child, we, oh. I, he watched for the first time, and I rewatched Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. 
uh, stop motion animation, of course, with George Clooney, Meryl Streep, uh, Jason Schwartzman, all those people playing animals, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, animated movies of the past 20 years. It's one I still have to watch. You do still have to watch it. But mm-hmm. that's all I watched. Oh, yes. So without any further ado, ho, 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 ho. Let's get into Santa Jaws. Ho, 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 Can't believe you would do this on Christmas Eve. You're grounded. What? Tomorrow is the Christmas Eve comic book party. Well, you should have thought of that before. You're better off without him. Isn't that right, Santa Jaws? I know her! I made her! That is her! Santa Jaws. Trying to survive his family Christmas, Cody makes a wish to be alone, which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. Mm. Directed by Misty Tally, written by Jake Kiernan, I'm sorry, Kiernan, uh, stars Reed Miller, Courtney Lauren Cummings, Jim Clock, Carrie Lazar, Arthur uh, Morquin, Miles uh, Dalek, and Hav- Hav- Haviland? Haviland Stillwell. Stillwell. Um, so yeah, um, this was a movie that I, I was scrolling through a, a little uh, list of Christmas movies that aren't really like the, the Christmas movies we watch every fucking year. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's something that, that's going to strike my eye? What's something that's really going to draw me in? And I saw Santa, and I'm like, oh. And then I saw Jaws, and then I said, oh. It, it lured me in. And the, the plot in the first two minutes, I knew this was something we had to keep our <laughs> eyes on. And dear God, did we cuddle up on a bed <laughs> on an iPad <laughs> and deeply think about this film yes, in we the did. hour and a half runtime of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because I, I was supposed to bring my fire stick because we were going to Jersey this weekend. Um, but I forgot the fucking remote. Yeah. To maneuver around the the menu system, so we I had I brought my iPad, so we had to watch it on our the iPad uh, up close and personal on a Mike's little hotel bed. Mm-hmm. Dear God, <laughs> did it, it probably made it for a better experience to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was it was a, a fun one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, you know, this is this is a movie that could potentially be so bad that it's good. Yeah, uh, but it also is one of those that like goes into it knowing that it's going to be bad, so it doesn't try to be good. Where in my opinion, the best so bad it's good movies are the ones where they're legitimately trying to make a good movie, yeah, and then it just fails due to incompetence or what have you. Um, and this was not one of those. Yeah, uh, it was a made to be bad thing, but even with all the eye rolling and and the horrible writing and the horrible acting and all that. It was still goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say that it was an enjoyable experience, but there were moments where I was like, this is kind of fun. But there's, there's a moment in the movie where you're sitting there and you're like, wow, this is an experiment. Or exper- experiment. Yes, it was an experiment, but also an experience. <laughs> yes. Uh, whether or not it was good or not, it was beyond itself. <clears throat> it, it was a movie. Um, yes. 
there's there's so th- obviously with the synopsis, it says the shark manifests and kills his entire family, uh, and with that there alone, you would think there'd be some grieving along the way. Um, a single in, you know, tear. A single tear. Even single, if it was fake. A single like. <laughs> Why? Anything. Uh, This kid is ruthless and kind of psychotic because he does not grieve over any member of his family that dies (laughs) in the slightest, especially the one character that was probably the best part of the movie uh, who kind of gets knocked off right from the get-go. And you're like, damn, I kind of wish out of all characters that that one doesn't go. And boom, crap, gone, gone instantly. Him and his eggnog. And you're like, this kid's like, it got grandpa family, and they're all like, yeah. you're a liar. Go to bed. <laughs> I specifically said, probably about two minutes before Papa Joe uh, got eaten, mm-hmm. I specifically said, I want everyone but Papa Joe to die in this movie. Yep. And then he was the first one gone, and RIP Papa Joe, or maybe not. We'll Who discuss knows? It. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely just... Obviously, and I'm not saying this to be like pretentious. It, it's not a realistic movie. It's not trying to be realistic, but with that comes uh, horrible writing, which is hit and miss. Sometimes it's really funny how bad the writing is, and yeah. other times it's just like, okay, you're trying to not do bad writing there, and it's just bad writing. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like a gray area where, like, when they're not trying, it's it's funny. Or uh, not funny, and then the, when they are trying, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I definitely rolled my eyes a lot, especially with the character Steve, which is the best friend. Uh, mm-hmm. He had like all these really bad dad jokes that, like, I kind of wonder about the sanity of Jake Kiernan, who wrote it, because uh, <laughs> they weren't even like kind of funny. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm a dad. I'm legally obligated to like dad jokes, mm-hmm. but none of these were funny, except for maybe like one or two that he had. And it was just like quantity over quality, I felt. And that kind of goes for everything in this movie, where they're trying to get as much in in an hour and a half as they can instead of having quality. Um, Because as we all seen with like uh, Sharknado, which, uh, you know, is a movie that was trying to be a so bad it's good movie. That one's still pretty fun and, and, and... Yeah, it's a goofy ass time. It's goofy. And like you don't really like roll your eyes throughout, whereas this one is just like, okay, you're trying a little too hard here. Yeah. Um which I know kind of contradicts <laughs> what I said about when they're trying to make a good movie and then There's there's a but, weird middle ground there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if for a movie like this you you kind of have to nail that middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean obviously it's it's not the easiest thing to hit that middle ground when you're making uh, objectively a bad movie or mm-hmm. trying to make a good movie whatever you're trying to do here but i mean with with the plot and everything come on it's 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 going to be a bad movie you know yeah <laughs> you know exactly what you're making yeah i um, mean it's a fucking shark with a santa hat yeah i mean the concept has, alone at, at one point has concept was, alone what <laughs> I, I thought you were going to finish a sentence there. But no, I was, not. and then I stopped because you were talking. Oh, the, the concept alone, I mean, it's it's goofy enough to where it could really kind of work, but the mm-hmm. way they did it didn't make it work in the slightest. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I feel like there's there's other routes they could have they could have gone. I mean, this movie's goofy as hell. I want to get that straight out of the, the get-go. 
Um, it but, tries too hard to be cool. Yeah, as far like, as... I just remember thinking it, it feels like a middle-aged man trying to write, uh, write Gen Zers. Yeah. But as far and, as it goes, like, some, some of the, like, like, actors and characters, they, they, they weren't it, and they didn't yeah. show any emotion. I feel like this movie kind of would have been perfect if for, like, overreactions, if anything. Yeah. But it was more of, like, oh, Grandpa's dead. The shark got Grandpa. The Santa Jaws got it. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you fucking lying again? Not they didn't really curse, but yeah. they're like, are you lying again? This is insane. You go to your room. Grandpa Joe's in the house, and it's just like nobody reacted to this man actually being dead as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And even, it's just even like, uh, one <clears throat> of the kids, I, they never specify if it's George, uh, the mom, or the dad that uh is the child of uh, papa joe mm-hmm. but neither of them react pretty, in any way pretty sure it's it's the dad but yeah nobody's reacting in any sort of way to anybody dying they're just like oh shit yeah oh fuck santa jaws is real <laughs> not to yeah. the fact that he just died he it's wasn't like, lying yeah oh shit i'll he was, never see my dad again yeah he was telling the truth there's like no reaction to it it's just move on to the next plot point of like yeah. oh fuck the realization that the shark has a santa hat and that it's real mm-hmm. it's it's just so goofy on that point i feel like the overreaction would have made it much better absolutely <laughs> and uh some of the best parts of this are when they show santa jaws just because it looks so bad oh yeah uh, and it's it's the that that's honestly where they go right it's the character elements that are bad but mm-hmm. when it comes to just the stupid schlocky uh christmas themed jaws that's where they it, it rules there's one point where they're like you know it's the whole thing is a magic pen it's like oh maybe if you erase the teeth it'll, it'll be fine uh yeah. he loses his teeth and then a, uh, uh, a box of ornaments falls in the water, and he munches them up and makes the ornaments into teeth. Uh, kill him with a, a, a projectile candy cane, and he does. But then it becomes a horn, so it becomes a unicorn shark. It's just such stupid things like that. That's where this movie strives, or uh, this movie succeeds really well, is how bonkers and stupid the actual shark is, but then they spend too much time, obviously for budgetary reasons on the characters. Uh, and that's where it ultimately falls flat. Cause you know, you don't, I don't give a shit about any of these characters. Nobody gives a damn. I just want to see a shark that is somehow living in a lake. I know it's like a a magical shark and everything, but it's living in a lake. It's not even an ocean, not even a bay. I'm pretty sure they say it's a lake. And uh, oh, it's not. I don't think it's just a straight up lake. Like there was like a yeah, it might be like a, a well. It's a big lake. There's there are big lakes. Yeah. Um, like the Ozarks, that's a lake, but it's a. Uh, yeah, fuck it's if got I a lot know. of darks. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's it's goofy, but then it, it anytime it goes to away from the shark, it just comes to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, it probably would have been better if it was just like a 45-minute film of these people on a dock trying to figure out how to stop this shark, and then they just had all the deaths. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that would have been better, personally speaking, but... Personally, I think you're right. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, they... I think too much on characters and just not being great, and the shark was was interesting, uh, for sure, and just the way it was kind of building itself up... um, even no matter what this kid was kind of throwing at or what the kids period were throwing at it, it kind of, it would be dope 
honestly, to see a sequel to this as far as that yeah. gets thrown, you know, they've made how many Sharknados? It'd be kind of cool to see better actor or different actors, period, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and a better, a little bit better script. Again, this movie's far-fetched as fuck. And I, th- I think with with the right amount of things, it could be still, like, bad, but good, but a better, but good. Or <laughs> a better, bad, bad, good. Ba- bad, but better. Bad, bad good, and the bad, and the it, bad, and the good. And the- <laughs> it could do be bad, bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree, uh, except for the end completely destroyed any chance of me caring about any sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the it's this whole thing. Uh, and it, it, they're trying to figure out how they can use this pen to uh, kind of fix their the problem with the shark that was started by this pen. And, you know, after everyone's gone, he, like, burns the book and then wakes up from a dream. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the pen. He, like, burns the book in his dream, and it's a dream, and everyone's alive. I would have much preferred, even if it's more unrealistic, I would have much preferred if he had to end up drawing all of his family members, all of his friends, and to, in order for them to come back to life. Well, that's from and the beginning what I thought was going to happen. That would have been better, honestly. It mm-hmm. would have been. Uh, I, and it's it's a shame that they kind of squandered that opportunity uh, mm-hmm. because when he woke up from that dream, I was just like, Jesus Christ, they did a whole... Dallas thing Dallas for you youngsters was a TV show. I think it's Dallas, um, but <laughs> it's uh, this TV show where like this it's one really showing your age, calling us the youngsters. Yeah, I mean I've never seen it. I just know about it because it's yeah. referenced all the time. But there's this one character who was dead for like one or two seasons, and then because he was trying to get a movie uh, career, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was actually the dad in Step by Step. The actor's name is Patrick Duffy. So. People should know step by step, uh, except for maybe Gen Z people. Um, but yeah, so he was dead, and then uh, for after one or two seasons, he wanted to come back. So they had his wife wake up from a dream, and he was in a shower. So it just completely negated the two seasons he was gone. As Didn't they do a dream. that on Roseanne too? They brought uh, John Goodman back after they killed I, him. Well, they only they only said he was dead in the season finale or the series finale of the original run, and then they did something stupid like that when they did the reboot. Yeah. Um, but that was just a cash grab, whereas like this was just this guy was trying to get away from the show, couldn't, so then he came back to the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it it's it's just you know it's cheap lazy writing in my opinion. Uh, it was cheap and lazy back then in the 80s when it happened, and it's definitely cheap and lazy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I can't believe I just used a Dallas reference. You did. You're showing in, your age in there, reference you're not to youngster. Santa. I've never seen it. <laughs> Granted, I have seen The Monkees, which came out in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. So, I don't know. I watched, yeah. I watched Nick at Night a lot when I was a kid because my parents never gave me a bedtime, so I watched like I Love Lucy and all that shit. You lucky daddy. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really have too much to say. It, it could have been as it would still have been a bad movie, but it could have been more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but it still has its moments of greatness. Uh, they're just too few and far between, in my opinion. Very, very much so. Yes. So that does it for the review for Santa Jaws. That brings us to our judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Glenn. 
Oh, you picked this movie, if we could call it that. I, I think we might be able yes, to. So you get to go first. Does Santa Jaws make it on the KFR shelf? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to be blunt. Uh, no. I do, <laughs> however, think it should go on a so bad it's good list, though. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christmas, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think it does deserve to kind of be on one of those. Yeah. Because we were we were laughing the whole time, and then we were rolling our eyes, and then we were sighing, and then we were laughing. Yeah. At least we were laughing, though. That's that's the major key. So I, f- I feel like it does go on a shitty list, but I don't think it goes on a on a shelf period at all. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 100% agree. No shelf, but I think, you know, if it, it will come up in discussions of so bad they're go- it's good. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's a good movie, even yeah. if so bad it's good, but it is one that so I feel... So bad it's enjoyable. Enough. Yes. I, I, I do think more people would, uh, you, you know, it's, it's just another film to throw in. Mm-hmm. into into that conversation so i think for sure uh w- one thing at the bottom of the 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 imdb page for santa jaws i see is there's more movies like this one is called llama <laughs> and i want to watch that i kind of want to watch that now so, too yeah maybe we'll watch that next year who knows we'll find out llama uh, so yes santa, santa jaws does not make it on the kfr shelf that brings us to the final assignment for next week, for the for 2022, our final movie for 2022, mm-hmm. before we take a couple weeks off uh, for the holiday season. Uh, yeah. This is Streaming Roulette. We're still in the holiday extravaganza, so it's going to be a holiday movie, but we're going to spin a very real wheel that is the size of Warwick, Rhode Island, and we're going to spin it three times and pick the movie that piques our interest the most out of those three. So mm-hmm. without any further ado, here comes the first spin. <laughs> the Christmas Chronicles Part 2. We have watched The Christmas Chronicles Part 1 before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So Part 2, of course. That's going to be on Netflix. I don't even need to look that up. Yep. Uh, it's directed by Chris Columbus. Of course, he did uh, uh, the first two Harry Potters, uh, Rent for some reason, Home Alone. He's done a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Uh, so directed by Chris Columbus. Written by uh, Chris Columbus and based on the characters of by Matt Lieberman and David Guggenheim, uh, starring Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, Darby Camp, and Julian Dennison. Hey, Julian Dennison yes, from uh, Deadpool 2 and uh, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I can't believe mm. I almost forgot that one. How did uh, That's going to be on Netflix, of course. Katie Pierce, now a cynical teen, is unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. I'm guessing... That Julian Dennison is that mysterious troublemaker. Uh, uh, he, you would be right, actually. He, he, he's pretty good at playing a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I just want to check one thing mm-hmm. before we Can't move on. I can't believe you didn't say Sonny Soljic was in there, too. I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. He's awesome. So this one, I mean, I haven't seen this, obviously, but like it's directed by Chris Columbus, so it has potential. Uh, I wasn't as much of a fan as the first one as you are. Oh, Tyrese uh, Gibson's in this? Yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of this with my family uh, back in 2022, but I didn't. Obviously, oh. I didn't watch the whole thing. Sonny Sonny <laughs> Solchik from what I know him mid 90s in the Killing of the Sacred Deer. You probably know him from God God, God of, War. of God of War, but I also yeah. do know him from those other things too. Yeah. So that is our first <clears throat> choice: The Christmas Chronicles Part Two. Here comes spin number two. Holiday in the Wild, 2019. 
Ah, Rob Lowe. Yes. Kristen Davis. Uh, th- this specific holiday uh, roulette does not have a year filter, so we got to make sure it is yep, good 20, years. 2019. Yeah. Directed by Ernie Barbarash, uh, written by Neil H. Dabrowski and Tippy Dabrowski. Ooh, a little family writing hmm. team there. Uh, directed by Rob Lowe, Kristen Davis, Felice Mipala, uh, John Owen Lowe. Is, is he related to Rob Lowe? They spelled the same? Yes, they do. Maybe. You look that up while I'm reading these. I'm Colin Moss try. and Kino Lee Hector. Uh, jilted by her husband on the eve of embarking on an African safari, a woman travels to the continent alone where she meets an elephant conservationist. Uh, that is also going to be on Netflix. Uh, 6.1. I'm just reading things until uh, he it comes is up his, with the answer. It is his son, by the way. Well, there you go. Yep. Little little nepotism going on there. Not yeah. the, I, you know when nepot when when the people have talent. I have no problem with nepotism, especially when it's not a, a power thing like in politics. Nepotism in politics is a much bigger problem than nepotism in the entertainment industry. So let's uh, give these nepo babies a little bit of a break here. He definitely looks like his mom. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take your word for it. Got his dad hair, dad's hair, and definitely his mom's face. Yeah. So, Holiday in the Wild, that is spin number two. Here comes spin number three. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Did we do that last year? I don't know. It is a 2020 film. Yeah. It's a musical. I feel like we didn't do any I've seen it. I've I've definitely seen it, but have you? I don't think I've seen it. Okay, then I might have just watched it on my own. Uh, that is also going to be Netflix. This must have been like specifically Netflix. Uh, it is written and directed by David <laughs> E. Talbert, starring Forrest Whitaker, Keegan Michael Key, uh, Hugh Bonneville, Anika Noni Rose, Mal- uh, Madeline Mills, Felicia Rashad, Ricky Martin, uh, Justin oh. Cornwell, Sharon Rose, Lisa Davina Phillip. Uh, yeah, a bunch of people. An imaginary world comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. That is three very holiday-like movies. Yeah. Glenn, which one are you leaning towards? Uh, really, since we've already done the first Christmas, Christmas Chronicles, I'm aiming for that one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't done a musical, I feel like, in a bit of time. But you've already seen it, so I'm not aiming that one. In a Rob yeah. Lowe film, I'm not really aiming for that one, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm and completely... And that's nothing against him, I'm just saying. It looks like a ha- the most Hallmark-esque out of all of them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of getting rid of that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Jingle Jangle is actually relatively decent. Uh, mm-hmm. I do suggest people watch that, but I'm kind of with you where it'd be kind of nice to follow up our first episode yeah. uh, and talk about the Christmas Chronicles too. So there we have it. <gasps> there we go. Yes. You're on hallowed ground here. We're about to witness something that no one else on earth has ever seen before. Let's see if you can handle this! Guess this is your lucky day, you cat. Welcome to the North Pole. Santa! (laughs) Kate Pierce. How did you get here? You and Jack are supposed to be on vacation with your family. Our shuttle fell into this wormhole. Have a nice trip. You, Mrs. Claus? Uh-huh. Ah! What is that thing? Use an F. You're in Santa's village. The real one. Wow. 
So, The Christmas Chronicles 2, which is available on Netflix, that is our movie for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch real-life married couple Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn play Santa and Mrs. Claus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goldie Hawn was barely in the first one, if I remember correctly. She was in a little bit of it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like she's probably going to be in this one more. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. There is that. I kind of wish that this was just like Snake Plissken (laughs) playing Santa Claus. Playing Santa? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs>